Genesis chapter 14. Now it was in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elisar, Kedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goyim. They prepared for battle against Bera, king of Sadom, Birsha, king of Amora, Shinav, king of Edoma, Shemaver, king of Tsevoyim, and the king of Bela, that is now Sorar. All these joined together in the valley of Sidim, of limestone, that is, the sea of salt. For twelve years they had been subservient to Kedor Laomer. In the thirteenth year they had revolted, but in the fourteenth year came Kedor Laomer and the kings who were with him, and they struck the Rephaites and Ashtaroth Karnaim and the Zuzites in Ham, the Emites in Shava Kiratium, and the Horites in the hill country of Seir near El Paran, that is, by the wilderness. As they returned, they came to En Mishpat, Judgment Spring, that is now Kadesh, and struck all the territory of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who were settled in Hatzotzin Tamar. Then out marched the king of Sodom, the king of Amora, the king of Adma, the king of Savoyim, the king of Balaam, that is now Soar. They set their ranks against them in war in the valley of Sidim against Kedorlaomer, king of Elam, Tidal, king of Goyim, Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elisar, four kings against the five. Now the valley of Sidim is pit after pit of bitumen. And when the kings of Sodom and Amorah fled, they flung themselves therein, whilst those who remained fled to the hill country. And they took all the property of Sodom and Amorah and all their food and went away. And they took Lot and all his property, son of Avram's brother, and went away, for he had settled in Sodom. One who escaped came and told Avram the Hebrew. He was dwelling by the oaks of Mamre and the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and the brother of Aner. They were Avram's covenant allies. When Avram heard that his brother had been taken prisoner, he drew out his retainers, his house-born slaves, eighteen and three hundred, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He split up his forces against them in the night, he and his servants, and struck them and pursued them as far as Hova, which is to the north of Damascus. But he returned all the property, and he also returned his brother Lot and his property, and also the women and the people. The king of Saddam went out to meet him, and upon his return from the strike against Kerdolaomer and against the kings that were with him to the valley of Shava, which is now the king's valley. Now Melchizedek, the king of Shalem, brought out bread and wine, for he was the priest of God Most High, and gave him blessing, and 
said, Blessed be Avram by God Most High, founder of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your oppressors into your hand. He gave him a tenth of everything. The king of Saddam said to Avram, Give me the persons and the property take for yourself. Avram said to the king of Saddam, I raise my hand in the presence of Yahweh, God Most High, founder of heaven and earth, if from a thread to a sandal strap, if I should take from anything that is yours, so that you should not say, I made Avram rich, nothing for me, only what the lads have consumed, and the share of the men who went with me, Aner, Eskel, and Mamre, let them take their share. End of chapter 14. Genesis 14. King's Wars. Don't get lost in all the proper names of the kings. This account of a tribal war among neighbors is hard for us to hear. Used to our terms of nation-states and monarchies, imagine something closer to Mario Puzzo's Godfather trilogy or one of the more recent TV series where dons and clans figure out who will pay tribute to whom. You may visualize an alliance of five sheiks rising up against Keterlaomer, who has been busy subduing a wider region, making room for these clients of thirteen years standing to rise up in rebellion. Foolishly, Lot joins up with his insurrectionist neighbors against the dominant Cheddar Laomir. In a battle in the Valley of Sedim, Lot's allies from Sodom and Gomorrah are mired in the bitumen or tar pits, unable to fight or escape. Avram comes to rescue his cousin, captive far up north in Damascus. Avram beats Cheddar Laomer, comes down back south, down the major trade route, the king's highway. In the king's valley, the king of Saddam comes out to greet Avram. So does the king of Salem, later Jerusalem, who is also a priest, Melchizedek, who shares a ritual meal of bread and wine with Avram. Just as the myths of prehistory placed the earliest worship of Yahweh in the days of Noah, so now the earliest priesthood that is not idolatrous is identified along with religious ritual with Jerusalem. Jewish Passover, Christian communion, claim origins in this event of a sacred meal. Melchizedek offers Avram blessing, and Avram tithes from his booty to Melchizedek, the roots of a religious cult financed by tithes. The king of Sodom, however, proposes to take back the hostages of his city, which Avram has freed from Damascus as well, while granting Avram the booty. Avram refuses, declines the booty, though he does take reimbursement for his actual campaign costs and allows the normal booty share 
for his subordinate commanders. He himself precludes Sodom from making claims to have enriched Abram, whose motives are higher in saving his nephew Lot in the name of the one God. The polemic about these eastern tribes on the plain in the Transjordan is told from the perspective of the hills of Judah and Israel. You get some ethnic slurs and prejudice from Judah and Israel toward those on the east bank. Can we never affirm an us without demeaning them? Can we never assert pride for ourselves without projecting shame on others? What motivates warriors? Honor? Valor? Or is it utilitarian calculus of profit and gain? What motivates citizens? Loyalty to a group, to a commonwealth, or utilitarian calculus of their class. If we knew this story better, we might have a way of talking.